All right, guys, we got to talk about Coniglia v. Strom, U.S. Supreme Court, May 17th, 2021. I've been talking about this case for months. Um, you know, my students have asked me my opinion on it. I've given my opinion. And let me just share a little bit of background about it, but it's a very massive, hugely important case on two fronts. Number one, firearm confiscation under red flag laws. And number two, a little more guidance on the so-called community caretaking doctrine as it applies to homes. Let me give you just some quick facts, okay? I know you're busy, I'm busy. I'm in, just so you know, I'm in the, the great state of Tennessee, teaching just out of, uh, outside of Nashville. Love teaching here. And if you want me to come to your agency, or you want a fellow instructors to come to your agency, like the great Ann Kelleher and so forth, to come to your agency and teach you folks, search and seizure, give us a call. Okay, so the background. What happened was cops were called to a house because a husband the night before threatened to, uh, you know, he kind of threatened suicide in an indirect way. He, he told his wife that he was tired of fighting, tired of arguing. Why don't you just shoot him, you know, shoot, shoot me, right, and get it all over with. That was kind of like his um, his tone. The wife then went to a hotel for the night. She called the husband the next morning, no answer. She feared that he actually did commit suicide, called the police to do a welfare check on him. They end up contacting him and he basically assured the cops that he was not a danger to himself. However, he did agree, this is in Rhode Island by the way, he did agree uh, to go to the hospital voluntarily to do a, a, a mental, you know, psycho, a psychiatric evaluation. So while he was gone, uh, the cops then uh, spoke to the wife, right? The wife returned to the home. And I believe, you know, this is several hours later, up to four hours later. And the officers then, they knew that he had a gun, right? Or, or guns. They then entered the home without a warrant, without consent and no exigency, to go seize uh, the husband's firearms. Why? Community caretaking. If we can, if we don't seize these guns, maybe he comes back after the hospital and kills his wife, kills himself, and so forth. So this is, you know, something like best practice, right? Well, the husband then sues to get his guns back. He has a lot of problems getting his guns back and so forth. Finally, he gets them back, but he sues over this whole entry to begin with. He's saying, hey, look, you should have never even gone into my house under those conditions. And the, he filed a federal district, you know, federal uh, lawsuit, and he loses. And then he appeals to the First Circuit and loses. The First Circuit affirmed the actions of the police by saying that this was legitimate community caretaking. Now, at this point, we have the First Circuit case. And at that time, you know, uh, cops were asking me, what do I think about it? And I made it very clear. I have, I have a YouTube video about it. I said, it's not okay, right? It's not going to be upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court if they, in fact, this is before they even took the case. If the U.S. Supreme Court addressed this issue, it would not be okay. And here's why. Because entry, warrantless entries into the home are fundamentally based off of some form of emergency, urgency, exigency, something we cannot wait to go get judicial pre-approval. That's what these home entries are based on. Think about it, when you enter a home to investigate a domestic violence, you do not get into that home simply because it's a domestic violence call. No, my friends, 
you get in there, if you get in there, if you get in there, because you are able to articulate some kind of exigency, emergency, and so forth to, under the emergency aid doctrine to protect somebody, to protect a wife, to render aid, to prevent the husband from damn, you know, hurting his, his family and so forth, and while we investigate what's going on. So that's why you get in there. And that's what these home uh, entries are based upon. Well, community caretaking is not built in with exigency. It doesn't require exigency. It just requires a reason to believe somebody needs or wants your help, right? It, it just, it's, there is no exigency. Uh, community caretaking is often applied to cars and pedestrians. You see a, a, a driver and, you know, maybe driving very slowly on the highway, not illegal, but just maybe have a mechanical issue. So you stop the car and check on the driver. Hey, are you okay? Is your car okay? That is community caretaking, right? Um, there is no exigency there though. Nobody's in imminent harm and so forth. So that's the issue. Now, the US Supreme Court, uh, and the, the decision was written by Justice um, Thomas, and he confirmed that the community caretaking doctrine does not apply to homes. He says that it never has applied to homes. And, you know, talks about, you know, needing the other traditional requirements to, to enter a home, you know, emergency aid, consent, um, that type of thing, right? Hot pursuit. And so the ramifications of this case are wide um, and, uh, you know, far reaching, right? Extremely far reaching for two reasons. Number one, let's talk about red flag laws. Many states around the country are trying to pass laws or have passed laws that allow police officers to enter a home to seize firearms for safekeeping, even though the uh, subject, right, the person who maybe is, is uh, you know, uh, a danger to himself or others is gone, right? Well, think about it. He's gone. He's already at the hospital. He's already in the back of the police car. And so he's, there's no way he can access those weapons. What happens to those laws? Well, my personal opinion is that they're done. There is no there is no way that you can enforce, in my opinion, a red flag law that gives police permission to warrantless, warrantlessly enter a home to seize firearms without judicial pre-approval. And don't forget that that statute, if it says as much, cannot, um, you know, uh, uh, supersede the Fourth Amendment. So the Fourth Amendment, you know, according to the Caniglia case, uh, says that you need something more than just community caretaking. So I think any kind of red flag, red flag law that says that is certainly problematic. Now, can cops get consent from the wife or another occupant that has lawful access to weapons? Sure. Now that could that could work, right? But if you don't have that, then a traditional red flag law with no judicial authorization will not work. The um, and of course the other. So we got the, the the so many Second Amendment advocates are looking at this case as a huge blow to gun grabbers, right? Because red flag laws by, by you know, several people are viewing red flag laws. Certainly there's some, there's a case to be made for seizing firearms to prevent eminent harm to other people. There's certainly a time and a place for it. But a lot of these cases seem to be a, an opportunity for some people to just grab firearms without the necessary judicial pre-approval, the process. And you know, a lot of these states like New Jersey and New York that, that, that do seize firearms on a regular basis, it is almost impossible to get these guns back, right? And that's what, that's what the husband experienced in Rhode Island, by the way. He had to sue to get his guns back, even though he was found to be fit, 
mentally fit and not a danger to himself or others. Um, and then, of course, the other issue is that finally, we finally have a Supreme Court case directly on point that says that community caretaking does not apply to homes. And that just makes sense. That just makes sense for the reasons why. Basically, no exigency. Guys, I think it's a great case. Okay, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm certainly uh, happy with it. I'm also, I also, you know, my prediction was that this case would come out this way. Um, but it has far-reaching consequences and so forth. We'll see how it plays out. And that's my little two-bit, okay? So it just came out yesterday. Uh, several of my followers, you know, that on YouTube and so forth wanted me to give my two cents on it. That's my two cents. If you have anything else, my friends, let me know. If you have questions, let me know. Attend our training. See what we have online. Share with your friends. And hit that like button. If you like this short video uh, from the great state of Tennessee about this case, if it ho hopefully adds some context, uh, let me know. Until next time, my friends, keep doing that great job out there. When it comes to law enforcement training, we are the gold standard. Visit bluetogold.com or call 888-579-7796 to learn more about our training, books, and free webinars. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this channel.